0: I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Suzanne Hannestat, Chair for the Advisory Board on the FinTech Diversity Radar, and Annette Evans, Vice President of People and Culture for GPS. The beginning of the story here is that GPS, Global Processing Services, is sponsoring Findexable's FinTech Diversity Radar. The obvious question straight away, Annette, is why are you sponsoring it?
1: GPS is and always will be committed to diversity of uh, different ranges. So we started off uh, supporting the flexible programme by understanding um, what we needed to do in our organisation as a whole. Now, we've been on this journey for quite a long time. We've been you know, involved in various different initiatives, one being Each in Treasury, Women in Finance Charter. Now, when we understood what the indexable radar was doing, we just had no choice but to get involved. I think women in fintech is quite new to a lot of people. We really want to be part of this pioneering data-driven
0: part of the new age world. Well, fintech is changing the world, is changing financial services, and anybody I think who at this stage is able to sit there and tell you exactly what the world is going to look like is going to be wrong, because things are happening at pace. Suzanne Hannestad, if I can turn to you, what does the fintech diversity radar measure? What does it do?
2: It's a global uh, platform where we gather quite a lot of data around the uh, diversity. We're starting uh, with uh, women in, in financial service and fintech. And this is uh, becoming a real-time data that you can find at uh, Findexable. At the moment, we are doing a survey, a global survey that we are uh, sending out uh, all over the, the world to, to get the data both from the, the fintech uh, side and uh, the incumbent, meaning uh, uh, financial services. Uh, And then based on that, uh, we will write a report and uh, present it at the World Economic uh, Forum uh, in uh, August uh, uh, in Singapore.
0: What will be the takeaways? Can you speculate on that?
2: Yeah, that's a good uh, question that we are still uh, speculating ourselves because we are gathering uh, the data. There's a lot of data out uh, uh, there and uh, we have to look at uh, the other. Of course, this uh, has uh, to be uh, business uh, driven. Uh, to figuring out how that the, uh, this uh, can uh, help out uh, the financial services and to the uh, the bigger uh, industries uh, of it, we will uh, provide a dashboard of uh, all uh, all the data and then uh, then looking into what that can uh, be, uh, like a scorecard uh, w- with the dashboard so you can see the real time. There's a lot of data out there, but I would say it's it's all kind of level. And uh, we want to have the, the fact base. So we want to take out the bias of the data as well, uh, and then provide it uh, to all kinds of uh, stakeholders uh,
0: out there. I've been talking to women in fintech, and I've had two different points of view. One spoke of a she session and talked about the number of women who'd left the industry and who'd been adversely affected by the pandemic in that respect. Mm-hmm. And yet another spoke to me about the opportunities that are opening up in financial services and in fintech for women. So I can't make up my mind whether there's an optimistic or a pessimistic story to tell. What's been the experience at GPS, Annette?
1: It's always good to have, be optimistic about these things. We know in general, financial technology, its origins are predominantly male dominated However, I think there are various pinpoints that we can look at in today's society, where actually there's a lot of data around, you know, are companies better driven by women, for example, it's, it's, it's a talking point. We are very happy and privileged to have a female CEO. Now, that's not necessarily the case for a lot of financial technology companies. But I think what that actually brings is it does bring optimism. It brings hope for women looking to get into financial services or technology, and it gives them a little bit of steer as to where you can go as a female within tech. So we really encourage women to come in through various different routes. So it could be coming in as a technologist or going through the other um, routes, which could be sales or or any of the other business support areas. So I think the, the more we start to grow, the more we have the ability to go out into our recruitment channels and say, well, actually, we are doing very well at the moment. So GPS has 43% of females in senior management roles. Now, as a female, coming into an organisation like that, it's amazing to see. And we want to continue that. And it's not just for women, for all of the other
0: diversity strands. Let me turn back to Suzanne. Has female entrepreneurship been adversely affected, first of all, by the pandemic, and secondly, just by the fact, and forgive me for putting it this way, that it's female? And is this something you can address with the diversity radar?
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, if we take uh, the first one, uh, and I will very much uh, congratulate uh, P- uh, GPS uh, with uh, what they are doing, and Annette and uh, and uh, the executive uh, committee and the CEO, there uh, they're doing tremendous uh, work. So I applaud to them. Uh, On your question, uh, Robin, the pandemic, yes, it's affecting in particularly, I would say, emerging market. We are also into financial inclusion, so we follow quite a few of the, the fintechs and the females in it. So then uh, countries are more uh, focusing on, on the, the pandemic and the, the vaccination uh, part of it, uh, so the health uh, side of it. And then for the, the female founders, uh, uh, we have a few uh, that we are talking directly to in, in Nigeria and, and so forth, and they, they say this is a setback. So they have to go back and, and uh, make sure that they uh, will, and then female as a uh, yeah a question as well. They are on the rise. Uh, if we uh, take uh, the financial service as a, as a whole, uh, there are quite a lot of uh, countries uh, like Finland is, who is having sixty percent of their employees that are, are females. Uh, United States is having fifty five percent. If we go down to uh, to UK, uh, we have forty three percent. So you see that there is a stretch there. And then if we look at uh, banking leaders altogether, uh, there are 82% uh, men, hence uh, 18% uh, of, of the females. So we see it's it, it's a way to go, but it's increasing. On the fintech uh, side, uh, we see uh, female founders are still uh, only 12%. I think generally for the fintechs and the female founders is to getting uh, to the investment uh, side. That is about to to change, so it's a positive uh, note on this. And we will go deeper in this uh, survey uh, and the radar to to get uh, the the real data uh, out of it and see how is this uh, being shown across the world, uh, both Europe, US, Latin America, Africa, uh, Asia, uh, and so forth. So that's going to be a a good... uh, I would say, analysis to to see uh, also on the the regions uh, how they are uh, different, if they are.
0: You were giving us some numbers there. Annette, you talked earlier about the situation at GPS. How do you think corporate culture changes because of that representation and because of that diversity? And how can you persuade somebody that it's good for the bottom line? How does it affect financial performance, because let's be cruel and hard about this, companies are in business to make money. If you show them something is a way of making more money, they're going to go for it.
1: I think if we talk about representation, you can have representation in any organisation from different diverse backgrounds, but the actual decision-making authority that females have within an organisation is not not seen a lot in a lot of financial technology companies. So for Females to come into financial technology and actually have an impact to the corporate culture, and we need to start at the top. So, starting at the top, we're talking about the at the statutory board level. So, at the statutory board level, all of the decision making happens at at those meetings. So, whether it's a monthly or quarterly meeting, those are the big ticket strategic decisions that are made at that level. Although we have a female CEO, we can do better. You know, we can have more board members at that level that have what we call diversity of thought. So diversifying your board would mean that our female CEO is looking through the lens through different eyes. A lot of people may look at that and think, well, what does that mean? Why does that make a difference? It definitely makes a difference. I think if you look at the teams that perform the best, it's those that are diverse and that diversity of thought is what's needed in organisations to see that, that that push in strategic areas of the business being met. So I really think it's important. I take on the role as VP of people in culture and it's a culture piece that I'm really interested in. So how do we change our culture within GPS that we open up the doors to different diversity strands?
0: I think the important thing, and I'm going to say it again, though and you did mention it, is that the teams that perform best are the ones that are diverse, mm. not monoculture. That's actually the way that we should be selling it to companies. This works. This makes sense commercially. Mm. Because Absolutely. if you can persuade people that it all makes sense commercially, they will adopt. Otherwise, you're going to have to fight it as a battle.
1: And, and we've we've all got to talk the talk and walk the walk, I think you know, my own people team, for example, the own HR team, I have to ensure that that team is diverse because it's a a direct reflection of how I expect the rest of the organisation to to step forward. So I try and make sure we have a, you know, 50-50 if I can, of female and male representation. We have people that are, you know, slightly older, people that are, you know, just out of university. But It's really interesting being, you know, the head of that people department and seeing the different ideas and thought processes that come from those different people within my
0: team. Let me turn back to you, Suzanne Hannestad. A final thought for you then. What's the next stage for Findexable? You present this report to the World Economic Forum. Where do you go next?
2: We, we will continue uh, gathering uh, data and uh, we uh, will continue uh, promoting a role model. And, and I will give you an example of a role model. Audrey Montpuy, she's uh, based in the South Africa. Uh, she's a CEO of a systemim, uh, systemic logic uh, group and uh, she's also part of of uh, uh, the radar uh, to, to promote it. And another one, uh, Monica Eaton-Conon, she's the founder and CEO of Chargeback 911, based based in, in the U.S., so promoting and showcasing that there are so many good role models uh, there, in, ad- in addition to Annette and, and her uh, CEO, that we can show how this is working. And I totally agree with you, Robin, that uh, it got to be a business. It has to be top line and bottom line the, to it. And then we will fill up with the more data to demonstrate that uh, this is uh, Profitable and it's scalable, and uh, you, not, uh, you need diversity with uh, women, with uh, all the categories of uh, diversity to get to the best uh, solution ever, and then have uh, financial uh, good
0: results. Thank you very much, Suzanne Hannestad, Chair for the Advisory Board on the FinTech Diversity Radar, and Annette Evans, Vice President of People and Culture at GPS.